Welcome to the World Impact Ministries Sermon of the Week with today's message by Pastor David Rayfeld. Well, we've already had church this morning, haven't we? Yes, we have. And and so let me just get right to it. Um, it was a it was a message I was actually going to kind of do something the Lord gave me a couple weeks ago when when He came in and interrupted so beautifully our service of just having that time of prayer and. And, um, and I really believe that the Lord did a lot on that particular weekend. And, and so I just want, what I want to do is just, I just want to throw it out now. And we're going to, we're going to line these up maybe in the next couple weeks. Um, two weeks ago, for those that, you were, for those that were here, um, you know, we just had a, just a great time of ministry, great time of prayer. And if the Lord did something in you physically, emotionally, where you know that you know that you know that he healed you in that time, in that moment, I want you, I just want you to just, Get your testimony written out, and I want because I want to I want to go through those in the next couple of weeks and begin to share. Because what's going to happen is people that walk through these doors, and this is what happened that particular week, is in prayer that that particular Sunday morning, we just I just really sensed that the, that there were people that were walking through this door that needed something from the Lord that morning. They they came in here wanting. There was a pull, you get me. There was a pull on on the anointing that was in that room this morning. I needed something from the Lord, and I believe there was many of you that that received something. Amen. And so, just get those ready because I want I want you to um, I want you to share your testimony in the next couple of weeks. Amen. Amen. So um, yesterday morning I was on my way to um, picking up some some groceries early early in the morning, and the Lord just He put in my heart. He said, David, I want, you to, I want you to speak on anxiety. And I, I, want you, I just want you to teach it as, as, as you know how, but also in what I did in your life in that time. And you know, there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of things that happened during the Christmas season. We had a very close friend of ours um, a number of years ago who her father had committed suicide um, right in the Christmas season, I think it was right around Christmas, wasn't it? And, and that had been about five or six years earlier, and when we knew her, Christmas was, Christmas was a wreck of a holiday for her because of what that meant, you know, of losing her father to, to really, it was, a, it was a hanging, he committed suicide, and just, you know, just gruesome, but, but for that, it began, it began this cycle, and, and it was really about this time, it was October of 2002, um, my middle son had just been born a few months earlier, and um, and I had I had been enticed to come to this to this this corporation that really lured me with with great money and great pay and and um, and great benefits and just a great opportunity to come in and and within a matter of a few months I knew that that this position that I was in was was not anything I was I was I saw myself lasting. The long term, and I and I I, gr- I grinded it out. I, I really I grinded this thing out. But the more <clears throat> the more I tried grinding it out, the worse it got. You ever been in that situation where the more the harder you're trying to push past something, going okay, I'm just going to make this situation better. It's like the front car in a chain reaction, right? That first car stops, and it doesn't matter what the rest of the cars do. Eventually, it's all going to come. It's going to come banging in, right? And and that was kind of the the process in this in this particular year. And it took me about three months 
Well, I, I was there for six months. It took me about three months to get to the point. My wife just kept saying, you know, why don't you just look for a new job? Just look for a new job. And I said, honey, I got more integrity than that. <laughs> I'm just going to grind it out to the end of the year. And after the first of the year, I, I just want to get through the holidays. And um, I, I don't remember the exact date, but it was right around the end of October. Um, I, I get that dreadful call from my boss. Um, David, come down to the office and bring your laptop. <laughs> and, um, and, and so, but you have to understand, there was two and a half or three months worth of, worth of stress on me, worth of things that were being built up in my life that was, it, physically, my body was, there were things happening in my body that had never happened before. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Because of the stress and the anxiety and the things that began to just pull, pull in me. And so we get done with the, with the meeting, and it was, a, um, it was an honest-to-goodness firing. <laughs> um, to say it lightly, they just fired me. But I remember walking, because I was at the time my office, my office was downtown, and I remember walking to, um, to the parking lot where I had parked, and I remember in that moment walking out of the door, and it was like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. Like there was a place of freedom in me as I was walking. And I couldn't have walked five steps and feeling this freedom. Ah, freedom, freedom, freedom. Oh no, what is Bev going to say? <laughs> and, you know, and, and even though I was, I was free of that job, there was something. Because see, the anxiety in me wasn't gone. And it began a process now. This is the end of October. You begin to think, okay, I got two kids at home. My youngest was less than four months. My wife at the time was working. She was working part-time. Um, I was the main breadwinner of the home. And all of a sudden, the enemy began to speak to me. You should never have gone to that company. You should never have done what you, what you did. How are you going to take care of your family? And so as I began to interview, and I'm, just, I'm kind of going through this fast, as I began to interview, I kept hearing, you're overqualified. What? How can you be overqualified for a job? But see, what was happening is the Lord was beginning to teach me his ways of trusting him. And see, I was still, I was still anxious. There were, there were still things in me because ultimately I knew where I was. I was looking at the situation, and I wasn't trusting him in this process. And see, that's, that's the place of anxiety. And I'm going I'm to get into this now. How much time have we got? We're, we're good. And this time of stress and anxiety, the disappointment, loneliness. Because Christmas comes with high expectations of this perfect, happy family, luxurious celebrations, and these ideals that many times we're placing on Christmas, right? All the while, we're struggling with this inside. Who's, I mean, who's with me? Come on. I think we've, we've already gotten real in this situation. And, and, and when my wife shared that this morning, it, it goes right in line with where we're going because ultimately our masks have to come off. Come on, church. If we're going to be a church that is going to see things happen in our, in our own lives, we have to be real with where we are. The feelings of isolation, financial pressures, An increased family conflict. Yes, there's conflict in families. Right? We're coming together isn't always a perfect situation. You know, I think I'm good. We don't need to see that family this year. 
right? But all the while, what it's happening is we're, it's creating more stress and more anxiety into our life. You know, I just, I, I heard, I just was listening to something yesterday, because we're going to get just into a little bit on the, finan- on the financial end. If you haven't gone through financial peace, go through financial peace. They're about nine or ten weeks in it, so they're actually, they're almost done for this session. Go through financial peace. I'm telling you, if we, we said this years ago, if, if the church could get a hold of this concept of living debt-free, what could we do for the kingdom of God? Because, you know, there are people who are still paying off last Christmas for Christmas this year. That's insane. And how are we to bless the church if we can't even get a hold of that? Come on, I might be speaking to myself here. We have to get our heads out of the sand, or in this case, out of the snow. We, we, we can't pretend that all is well when all is not well. We need to be the church to the whole church. If one part of the body is suffering, the, all part, the whole body is suffering, right? And so this time of being able to share, right? Being able to share the whole thing. But let me just, let me just do that. I, bro- I broke this down. You know, if you go on, the internet is just a beautiful place. Not everything you get on there is absolutely correct, but there is some great information. I, and as, because for those of you who, are, who, are suffered, who have suffered in this, this, this is for you. And, I, and I, want us, I want us to get this because the effects of anxiety on the body, and let me, let me just pull this up real quick. I was, I was astounded. And some of you may be experiencing this right now. And let me, let me just go through some of the symptoms. Um, let me just start from a sense, a sense of doom. That anxiety can cause frequent feelings of impending doom. You may have difficulty concentrating. These are places of anxiety. Panic attacks, headaches, irritability, depression. Do you know that it also causes breathing problems? That your heart rate will begin to build. This is what happened to me in that time where the heart rate just began to pound uncontrollably. Why? Because there was something in me that, wasn't, that didn't belong that was in there that I was trying to get out, again, because I was looking at the situation and I was trying to handle it in a natural way and not trusting the Lord in this. Loss of libido. Yes. We can talk about this. Upset stomach. Extreme fatigue. Increase in blood pressure. Now, I'm not, I'm not a medical doctor in this field, but for those who deal with high blood pressure, I know there's many times there's a, you know, there's a, a family issue and there's things that are caused by diet, but blood pressure increases, reduce our quality of life and our length of life. Do we get that? And so what, I, what I've just come to realize is, is while anxiety is a very much manifested place of, of, of a, phys, it's a physical issue, it is very much a spiritual issue. And I want to get to that right now, all right? So turn with your Bibles with me to Philippians 4. We are going to break this down. This word anxiety in the Greek means to take care. Which you go, oh, you know, a lot of times you go, ah, take care. That's, that term that we use is a little different in this regard. Let me break this down even further. The root word of the word anxiety 
also means care, but it also means, but through the idea of distraction or to be torn in two different directions. Anxiety. Anybody feel that anxiety when you're being torn in two different directions? Right? Your loyalties lie one way, but you need to be here. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really, I'm preaching to myself in this regard because there's times, even for me, it's like I know I need to be doing this, but my heart is over here, and what's happening is I'm being torn in two different directions. And I believe the remedy for all this is locked up in these verses. Philippians 4. Go ahead and put those up there, Wendy. This is, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Version first. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Take pleasure in Him. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, your unselfishness, your mercy, your tolerance, and your patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Verse 6, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything. Say everything. Everything. Every circumstance and every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It actually does not say it in this, and this is a little bit of a different amplified version. In mine it says, in parenthesis, is yours. That peace is already yours. So when we begin to operate in these places of anxiety, of anxious thoughts. Because what happens is it can start with an anxious thought and it moves to full-blown depression. And we can look at people who have full-blown depression and go, ah, just medicate them. See, it started, it started at an anxious thought and it moved to a place where you can't get out of bed. Come on, church, this is, this is about freeing the people of God. Because he says rejoice. And I'll just put it out there, we all have struggles. Do we not? You know, this, this whole thing of joy, it's perfect. And, and actually, that scripture that you brought up in Isaiah 12, Phil, it says you draw it up from what? Out of the wells of salvation. So that the, the many wells, right? It's not just one place. We have, we have numerous places where we can draw the well of joy up from. Do you, do you understand me? Because we are not left without, without a, a place of, you know, uh, where, where the Lord's just leaving us and going, all right, when you get your junk together, just come back to me, I'll give you some joy. That's not how it works. He says, rejoice. I, you know, I believe Paul was writing this to a people that needed encouragement. But I believe he's also writing it to people who are the encouragers. If you've been saved, if you've been set free from this area, come on, you need to, you need to become an encourager to somebody who struggles in this very thing. He says, rejoice. Get up out of your situation and praise him no matter what the situation is. We rejoice because he is. 
Anxiety does not define you. These things do not define you. There is something greater and deeper in you that he wants, and he wants it out. He wants to release this from you. Pray, ask the Lord, listen for his, for his response. His peace is guaranteed. Now, let me read this same scripture out of the message. It's going to bless you. Go and put that up there, Wendy. Message. <clears throat> It says, celebrate God all day, every day. Come on. I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet. You're on their side. See, remember what I was talking about? We are to be the encouragers. I know there's times we need to be, we need to be encouraged. And there, and there was, there was a, a study, I think, um, the women went through, I think, last year, right? How to strengthen yourself in the Lord. We need to know where that place is where we can be built up and strengthened. I mean, you can, you can come here on a Sunday morning and you're, you're going to get a heavy dose of encouragement. But between Sunday and Sunday, what are you doing when you need encouragement? We have to find that. We have to find that place. Come on. Working with them and, do not against, and not against them, help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. I love that. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worry, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Isn't that beautiful? How many of us do that, though? Come on, let's be honest. How many of us do that? How many of us let... See, you know, for years I had this wrong. It was easy to praise God when things are going well. Man, he's just so good. He's doing it for me. And then when I get in the pit, it's like, how do I do this? Is he even still there? Is he listening to me? And he says, let those places of worry shape your prayers. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's called his peace. I'll read it again. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. See, there's times we want to get this thing out of us. And he said, just come to me. He starts, Paul starts with it. He says, rejoice. Come into a place of worship. Worship me first. Don't try to build yourself up to this place. Just come and worship me. And my presence will displace what's inside of you. This is why the power of testimony is so beautiful. We give, we share, we, you know, we, we pour out these experiences of what God has done in us. Why? Because somebody in this room needs to know that if he's able to do it in them, he can do it in me. We are to bury, bury our soul, our, our mind, our will, and our emotions. We are to bury our soul until it becomes the likeness of this word. We bury ourselves in this thing until it becomes the reality of who we are. See, we're not, again, we're not saying we're going to stick our head in the snow and go, okay, let's, 
I'm just going to call for what it is. Because sometimes admitting the mountain, you know, if you have a headache, admit that you have a headache. If you're in a financial crisis, admit that you're in a financial crisis. And then begin to believe God for the miracle, for the breakthrough. Acknowledge the mountain and then say to it, be gone in Jesus' name. Um, you know, there's, there were a couple things. I'm not sure if I'm going to get into this. Yeah, I tell you what, let me, just, let me just go over a couple of these because um, I, I think it's important, even from a, from a medical, from the clinical standpoint, and, and you know, I know Phil, Phil could probably talk into some of these things as well because, you know, when we, when we begin to talk about disorders, you know, all you need to do is begin to look up a situation of what you're dealing through, and I guarantee you, you know, like a phobia, a fear, there's thousands of fears, you know, there's fears of, like, certain types of carpet. There's fear of stairs. There's fear of, of doors with windows in it, right? These exist, I'm telling you. But what we're talking about is anxiety disorders, social anxiety disorder. And this, this one blew me away. Let me read this. This disorder involves a paralyzing fear of social situations and of being judged or humiliated by others. This severe social phobia can leave one feeling ashamed and alone. About 15 million American adults live with social anxiety disorder. This next statement, this next sentence is what blew me away. The typical age of onset, you might be able to help me with this one, Phil. The typical age of onset is around the age of 13. And you probably see some even younger than that. Social media. Oh, it's a great place for connecting. But it is, it is ruining a whole, lot of, a whole lot of kids' lives. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Obsessive-compulsive disorder. Panic disorder. These are all really related to anxiety. And when we, get a, when we get a hold of this, because we can, we can see, and that granted, there's, there's clinical stuff, and I'm not, you know, I'm not wiping this thing with this, with this huge brushstroke saying it's, because you may have a, a specific issue that you need, that you need you know, medical treatment with or help with. If that's the case, you need to go get it. But in Matthew 6, put that one up there, Wendy, too. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. This is out of the Amplified. We are going to attack this thing with the word of God. And we are going to agree with you. But see, for everything that God has shown me, there has to be a reference point. You know, I, I can't just point off on the horizon and go, okay, this is why I believe it. Because there has to be something deeper and bigger and greater than what we are that we can actually begin to hinge our belief system on. And when I actually pulled the scripture up, I, was, I knew where I wanted to go. And in my Bible, in the Amplified Bible, the title of this scripture says, The Cure for Anxiety. I wasn't looking for that, but there it was. So let's read this, verse, starting verse... Um, yeah, 25. Actually, I'll read up there. It says, therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy 
anxious and worried about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or about your body, what you shall put on. See, that's when you talk about social disorders. You know, our kids are, I don't even know what the, what the correct word is. It, is. it is over the top, right clothes, the right group of friends, the right sports, and back when I was a kid, it was the right clothes, the right group of friends, the right sports, right? Nothing has changed. So we're not just pointing to this generation. I'm saying it's been exacerbated by us putting our stuff out there. And ultimately, we now begin to compare because what we're looking at is a situation and not the solution. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and far more excellent than clothing? Click. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? See, this is the value. This is, this is the worth that he is saying. He said, I understand where you are, and I understand. He said, I made up your physical condition. I formed you from the dust of the earth. Do I not know about your situation? Do I not know about your condition? Will I not take care of you better than I even take care of the birds of the air? And of whom, of who, by worrying and being anxious, can add one unit of measure to his stature or to the span of his life? And why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his magnificence, 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 excellence, dignity, and grace was not arrayed like one of these. And Solomon was arrayed in some glory. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is alive and green and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you, O of little faith? This is a spiritual matter. This is a spiritual condition. It is a heart issue. Where are we going here? 31. Therefore, do not worry or, or be anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted, saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? For the pagan, the Gentiles, eagerly seek all these things. See, he's separating us from those who don't know God. He's expecting this from us. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them. See, he knows what we need. He knows he knows my insecurities. He knows my frailties. He knows where I'm weak. Verse 33, but first and foremost, importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things, what I just talked about, will be given to you also. And coming from a person who has secretly battled self-confidence, yes, I have battled self-confidence, wanting to do right and be right. That was something that I, I learned at an early age, that I, I had to say the right thing, I had, to, I had to have the right position. It's like you build up, so when I'm, when I'm walking outside of that comfort zone, anxiety begins to build, because I'm no longer 
in something that I'm comfortable in. But see, the comfortableness was, was, it was, it was unhealthy. The place where I needed to be was where God said, this is where I need you to be. This is the healthy place. But it caused anxiety in me. Anybody, anybody agree with that? Anxiety will self-absorb and steal from you. Anxiety will self-absorb and steal from you. When Jesus is saying, I will give you all of my peace, he will give you all of his peace in return for that anxiety, but you have to give it. Release it, release it, release it in Jesus' name. And what I want to do is I want to give you seven practical steps to relieving holiday stress. Some of this is good, some of this may be a little humorous, but I, I, want, I want us to get this. And the first one is manage your money. Do not let your money manage you. If there's a place, you know, there are, and we talked about suicide, you know that, that there are people, there are probably more suicides, I think actually when I read, there are more suicides that happen this time of year, A, because of winter, but because of the stress and the anxiety and the things that happen during the holiday season cause, cause people to turn inward. And many times it's related directly to money. So get a budget, take financial peace, Set a budget and stick to it. Point number two, not every family gets along. How will you handle it before that time comes? Set realistic expectations with how family issues will be handled and resolved. Come on, these are, these are basic things, but sometimes we don't, we don't think about these things until we actually walk into their house and go, okay, now what are we going to do? You get me? Time management. And this, this, is, this is kind of, it's not as much of a big one for us, but there's times we can, we can overcommit to stuff. And so, so I'm saying undercommit to events and parties. Take that, take that place off of you and don't struggle in this, in this area of having to be at every single party. See we, see, we love being the life of a party. My wife loves being the life of a party. <laughs> and she does it extremely well. But, you know, the, the, see, the good news is, is there'll be a Christmas next year, too. And so if you're not the life of the party this year, you can be the life of the party next year. <laughs> Point four, eat healthy and get some sleep. Proper rest is the playground for a healthy body. You know, there was, a, there was another article I read um, a couple nights ago, um, and it's, it's actually, it's in Healthline magazine. It's called, Your Anxiety Loves Sugar. And, I, and I've been on this halfway, I've been on this halfway journey to cut my sugar intake. It's, it's gone okay. And I'll just say, it's, I think it's easier to come off a of crack cocaine than it is to come off of sugar. I'm, I'm just saying, it's, I mean, it's like, it pulls you in, it pulls you in and it kicks you in the head. Ah, oh, that's my little time. Um, cut down on sweets, that's all I'm saying. Number five, spend an extra 15 minutes every day reading the Word of God during this time. We have to put the perspective of this holiday 
into its proper place. The patterns of relieving stress and anxious thoughts are to put this holiday where it belongs. Christ came so that we may have what? Life. He is the Prince of Peace. All right, excellent. His peace needs to surpass our anxiety. His peace needs to be bigger than the things that are inside of us. Remember it said that his presence displaces those things in our life. His fullness needs to be bigger than our fears. For I have not given you the spirit of, but of, of, and of a sound mind. Christ came that we may have and enjoy life. I believe this is John 10.10. In abundance and to the fullest measure. See, he came that we may have and enjoy life. He came that, that these things that are weighing us down, that are a physical, that are a spiritual issue, have now become a physical issue in our body. Right? You get me? Is this helping anybody? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. See, he put this thing on his back, did he not? You know, when I was in in Jerusalem a couple years ago, being able to walk that road from the time that he left Pilate all the way to to Golgotha. And it's a it's a treacherous, it's a treacherous road. I mean it's it's kind of groomed up now and obviously it's for tourists. But it is a treacherous road with, with cliffs and rocks and hills. And see, he, he walked this that we may have life. He put these things on our back that the people of God and the ones who put their trust in him didn't have to experience this stuff. Come on, this is, we need to get this right. Uh, it, it's 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 still work. It's still working in me. Anxiety will cause us to retreat into ourselves out of shame, embarrassment, or fear. Let worship play over you. Get into a time of worship. Paul says, "Rejoice!" Come on, because when King when King Saul was tormented, he asked for David to play. And I think there's, just, there's something in that place of worship. You know, my, my wife preached a message last year, early part of this year. It says, you know, when life is hard, worship harder. We have, to, we have to rise above this. Amen? Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Manage loneliness by serving others. Manage loneliness by serving others. This is a time we're actually going to have this again, aren't we? Are we doing it again this year? The Salvation Army? We are. We're gonna, we did this uh, two years ago, I think. We didn't do it last year. I don't know if we were in town, but um, we went to the Salvation Army on Christmas Day and just served a bunch of families and a bunch of people who were there. I mean, it was just, it was a precious time of being able to love on people who many of them, some of the families were together, some had no family. And I think, you know, have that time. If, if you need help in this regard, call us. You know, call the church. We, we want to hook you up with those places where we can maybe all serve. Amen? Spend more time with your kids. This is one of my last points here. You know, I've never heard anybody at the end of their life, at the end of their life, say, boy, I wish I would have spent less time with my kids. 
doesn't happen. We just need to have that time where we're spending that time with our children. Amen. We want to be a blessing to people this, this Christmas. <sighs> and point number seven, drink more eggnog. It's good. No, 2019 is going to be an amazing year. We got, we got some things already lined up for early part of next year. It is, uh, you know, and I just, let me, let me close here. You know, I remember just, it was a few years ago, and I've shared this already, you know, getting, getting to the end of the year. And it was, it was like I was crawling. I, it was like spiritually, I was crawling to the finish line of that year. Just because of what was happening, I think, both in our marriage, me physically, job situation, business. It was like I was crawling to the finish line of that year going, just get me into the next year. I didn't even know what the next year held. But I know some of us are kind of going in going, okay, 2018 wasn't that great. But I'm telling you, we are, we are going to be celebrating 2019. And I, I, the Lord's already, he's given us a word for 2019. And it is going to be, it is going to be awesome. I mean, it is, it is, it's a year, it's, I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be. you got to come. January 6th, we're going to have our vision service. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, let me just, let me read this last, last piece of scripture. This is out of Luke 12 message. I didn't give you this one, Wendy, so I'll just read this. Luke 12 out of the message. Walk into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They don't fuss with their appearance, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it. The 10 best best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the wildflowers, most of them never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you. Do his best for you. See, this is the time, I just had this conversation with, with, a, with a friend of mine. You know, this is a time of year that, you know, we need to be a blessing to others. But if you're not, if you're not well, you need to take care of you. You need to get yourself well for the people around you, for your family. Get around people in this church. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to Relax. Not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. See, this is a place of pouring out. He wants to give you stuff. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. For more information about this or other media resources, please visit our website at world-impactministries.com. Thanks for listening to this Sermon of the Week. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by this message.